Good afternoon, everybody. It is a delight to have you here. I want to welcome those of you who are watching on our live stream or uh, will be watching in the coming days or weeks. Um, welcome to Happy Hour with Pastor Dale. Uh, our uh, subtitle is Tackling Tough Topics with Uplifting Love and Grace. And uh, we have been going now for um, several months. This is a once-a-month once thing that we do. And um, we always pick the first Tuesday of the month. And um, today, um, I am pretty excited to introduce to you um, somebody who I have known for a lot of years. And uh, we are going to have a conversation today about uh, mental health and things that we can do uh, to take care of our own mental health. And so um, I know some of you, you've got some groupies here, I can tell. Um, but uh, we, um, some of you have met Dan, um, but I would like to introduce to you uh, Dan Borsheim. And uh, Dan's going to say a little bit more about himself, but Dan is a pastor uh, by heart, I think, but also by profession. And he is also um, the founder of uh, Valley Christian Counseling, which has had um, an, a long-term established a reputation in our community for providing uh, you know, high-quality Christian counseling to our community. And so um, Dan is here to share with us a little bit. Um, everybody smile and wave at Dan and, you know, be nice. Yeah, see, there you go. And uh, Dan, welcome. Yeah, Good welcome. to be here. Good so, to be here. So um, why don't, I didn't introduce you much. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what would be helpful for us to know about you as we get started? Well, um, I moved here 30 years ago. I guess it's almost 31 years ago to start Valley Christian Counseling Center. And where I had been before that was Washington, D.C. And I was a pastor in charge of counseling in a large church there. And um, we're, I'm originally from Fargo, so uh, there was a point there where we were wanting to get back around family, and then somebody sent me a message that some churches were interested in starting a Christian counseling center, so um, I took them up on it. <clears throat> So you, you moved here for that purpose. I, I guess I wasn't fully aware of that. Yep. So what, what kind of counseling did you do when you were in a, a parish in Washington, D.C.? Uh, everything that would come at me. It was, it was a church of about 3,000 people. And so marriage is a big one. Um, depression, anxiety, um, sexual issues, uh, you name it. And, and teens, worked a lot with teens, and that was really hard because, you know, they were there because their mother wanted them there. Yeah, yeah. And so they'd come in and sit and just stare at me, yeah. and I'd try to get conversation going, and I'd finally pull out a checkerboard mm. and invite them to play checkers, and that always kind of worked because in the process of playing checkers, they'd they maybe start to say something. Start so. opening up a little bit. Yep. So um, <clears throat> somebody told me once that you were also kind of a hippie when you were younger. Um, is that true? It actually was you who told me that. So. <laughs> well, I was a uh, late 60s 
hippie. I had grown up in a very kind of fundamentalist church and decided at a point that there was nothing there for me um, and started kind of on a spiritual search, went into Hinduism and different things, but also uh, started with smoking marijuana, um, uh, had long hair, um, took LSD, all kinds of drugs. And uh, so that was kind of my uh, late teens and when I was 23, um, a woman I loved very much left me, um, hurt me deeply, and uh, I came to the point where I didn't know whether I wanted to live. And um, about that time, some of my hippie friends had uh, started a Bible study, had gotten uh, into Jesus, and uh, they invited me to this Bible study, and I remember feeling, uh, at the time, a lot of my hippie friends had sort of, I don't know, shown themselves to be untrustworthy, and, uh, but I came to this Bible study, and I, I felt like I could cut the love in the air. Um, there was just something really attractive about these people who had gotten into Jesus. Mm -hmm. So... So, um, for those of you who are young, um, a hippie is somebody from the past, and we would associate them a lot as, like, lighthouse people. No offense. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, Dan knows uh, quite a bit about Lighthouse Church and um, some of the, the issues and dynamics that uh, we deal with. Um, I actually went and saw Dan early in my journey. And uh, we uh, spent a few hours together over a few weeks' time. Um, and uh, Dan was actually um, the first person uh, to say, Dale, um, you are burnt out, and you're dealing with more issues than just alcohol issues. Um, and I didn't really, you know, act on that at the time. Uh, that came a little bit later in my journey. Um, but um, seeking somebody who had both a pastoral background and a pastoral heart, uh, but also the knowledge he did was very valuable to me. So I want to thank you um, for that. Um, go ahead. I, th I think I referred you to a book called Running on Empty. And you did. Probably you didn't read that until later. Um, I don't remember when I read it in my journey, but I've read it a few times now and I have given it to other people. It's an excellent book um, if you're dealing with burnout. Um, yeah, running on empty. So we're going to talk about self-care for mental health. And uh, one of the things that um, I realized uh, when I sat down with Dan uh, was um, how much of a pastor he is uh, in his approach to, to self-care and, um, and to um, really, you know, what we might know as mental health issues here at this church. And so um, I just want to ask you, you know, in, over these 30 years, I guess, since Valley Christian, you know, what kind of counseling things um, have you seen? What's some of the most common issues that you have dealt with? And, and, you know, what do you feel like you bring to the table in regards to that? Um, <clears throat> well, like I said, in the church, I dealt with a lot of <clears throat> marriage counseling. And I did that coming here, too. In the early days, I was the only counselor at Valley Christian Counseling Center, and so 
Um, and I, I knew that I, I wanted to have a vision where there would be a lot of other professional, mm -hmm. highly trained uh, psychologists and whatever. But I was a pastoral counselor, and, and so, but I worked with anxiety and depression and um, marriage stuff. A lot of times it, it uh, was, got into affairs and sexual addiction. Mm -hmm. And things like that and those are some things that you still work with is right. my understanding yeah. yes yes um, I also know that that um, one of the things that you have done some work with people on is family of origin stuff and and family history and how does that often play into some of the issues that people deal with with mental health well I, I guess it helps people to kind of get some bearing on where did some of this stuff that I'm dealing with come from. Um, uh, you know, and I would point back to my own self. Um, when I was in D.C., I was the um, uh, a board member in a drug and alcohol ministry called Ephesians 518. You know what that says? Be, uh, be not drunk with wine. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I love that passage. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, because I was a board member, they made me go through some of the like adult children of alcoholic group and some of those, and um, I discovered a lot of things about myself hmm. through that. And you know, a lot of times people will say that counselors get people to blame their parents for, you know, some of their struggles. And I don't look at it that way. I look at it as that if Christianity is anything, it's about honesty. Hmm. And so to be able to take an honest look at your life and to trust God in the process of doing that, um, you learn a lot of things about yourself. Yeah. You know, and, how you reacted to certain things and so forth. So uh, I don't know if that answers your yeah, question. Yeah, that's, that's helpful because I think there is kind of this impression that, you know, I'm going to kind of go back and, you know, re-examine my childhood so I can, you know, figure out that, you know, who's to blame. And um, I think for most of us, we need to, you know, I've experienced get to a journey where we, you know, kind of accept that maybe our parents did the best they could at least in most situations. And forgive what them. They knew, and forgive them, yeah. Yeah, but it does help us to understand where we come from. Right. Because we all come from someplace. Yep. Yeah. So um, we do, um, we deal with a lot of mental health issues here. Um, I don't know about these people. Well, I do know about some of them. But our <laughs> church uh, does deal with a lot of mental health issues at Lighthouse. And, and uh, one of the things um, that I, I think... Um, we often forget um, is that there are things that we can do day to day, week to week, um, to take better care of our mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, that's kind of what, one of the things I just want you to talk about a little bit. And, um, and you can talk about that from your personal experience or from a counselor standpoint. What, what, do you, what would be some of those components from well, your standpoint? You know, we recently talked about <clears throat> certainly exercise, mm -hmm. which I often, before I had a recent surgery, I <clears throat> would work out five o'clock every morning and 
oftentimes before I left, I would see Dale. For yeah, time. not at five o'clock in the morning, yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, exercise gets those endorphins moving in your body. Um, I know I have a son who's a chiropractor, and he always says, Dad, you got to keep moving. <laughs> mm. And, uh, but if you're, if you're exercising, you're, you're feeling better about yourself, you're feeling stronger, it's just got to affect your mental health. Yeah. And, and you know, and so, so does diet, you know, if you, and if you're looking good, if you're, you know, uh, eating good and looking good, that makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Um, remember a psychologist once said that he asked people, if you have low self-esteem, what are you going to do about it? You know, and certainly um, exercise and diet would be good. Um, forgetting some of the things that we talked about the other day, but one that I was thinking of today is that I really like to do is journal. Hmm. Um, uh, the reformers, what, 1,500 years ago, uh, used to say that if you want to know yourself, get to know God. And if you want to know God, get to know yourself. And so can you, I, can you say that one more time? That's pretty profound. I'll probably mess it up. No, you. Um, if you want to know yourself, get to know God. And if you want to know God, get to know yourself. And something that I've found personally is journaling, it's like, I'm putting my thoughts on paper and um, sometimes it turns into a prayer that I'm mm -hmm. writing, but you know, maybe two days later I look back at that and, and think, huh, that's me. Um, I like that guy. Mm. Um, you know, and it may be, uh, you know, there's a time of what we call desolation where things aren't going well and you see you can look back in your journal and see sometimes when they were going well, when the Holy Spirit was really helping you and encouraging you and you had joy. <clears throat> um, uh, but that's one spiritual exercise that I think is important. I think reading scripture is important. Um, you know, you can fight some things with um, willpower but that only goes so far, yeah. I think, to bring the Holy Spirit into your sphere um, gives you the power that you need. Yeah. yeah. I think for our church family, we know that willpower kind of fails us often. And so, um, you know, leaning into God can be very um, crucial. You know, I, I'd like to ask you about journaling um, because um, I never really journaled until I had a counselor tell me to start journaling. And um, I was like, well, how do I do this? I mean, you know, for heaven's sake, I was, you know, 50 years old and a pastor. I should have been able to figure that out. But, you know, how do you do it? And my experience was you just start. Do you have any advice? Um, yeah, I think where I got started was uh, I did an Ignatian retreat, which is a Catholic retreat, but it was probably the most profound, powerful thing I've ever done. And uh, 
myself and some other counselors on our staff committed to 30 weeks of this retreat where every morning for one hour, seven days a week, we would spend time alone with God. And uh, there was some reading we would do, some scriptures we would do, um, but, uh, you know, and usually after half an hour you think, I think I could probably stop now. But if you pushed ahead and started journaling, you'd find God was almost speaking through your writing um, Mm -hmm. to you. And uh, it was a neat way of experiencing God. Yeah. So So one of the, I mentioned uh, that um, we deal with a lot of mental health issues um, here at Lighthouse. And um, one of the things that I sometimes find myself um, saying in you know in regards to some of the stuff you shared is is that um, or I, I realize that I'm telling you things you already know I hardly ever meet anybody who's strapped dealing with depression anxiety and I'll say well you know have you started exercising or eating better um, how's your sleep and they all know those things right if you deal with depression, anxiety, depression especially, you know that stuff. And um, that doesn't mean we're doing them. And so it's that motivation. Hmm. It's that motivation to start. And I, I don't know if you, we didn't talk about this. I don't know if you have any advice about that. But, um, you know, when you, because your depression is screaming, stay in bed or stay on the couch. Mm-hmm. Any advice about that? Yeah, and when you bring depression in there, that's a little bit more complicated. But, you know, I grew up, like I said, in a church where um, the spiritual standards were always so high that you always felt like you weren't measuring up. Huh. You know, one of my favorite statements now is, God loves you as you are, not as you should be, because you'll never be like you should be. Yeah. But God loves you. Yeah. Um, but um, but growing up in that environment, everything was a have to, mm. and I think along the way, I've learned to want to, you know, kind of have a hunger for God. And I wouldn't say I have that all the time, because mm. I'm a sinner mm-hmm. still. Um, but uh, it, it's more like uh, I got into a habit of spending time in the morning with God and it's now like it feels like I've missed breakfast or something really important if I don't have that time because I want to. So what time in, do you do that for heaven's sake? I mean, you're at the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, I don't sleep very late. <laughs> And so it does help that I have a hard time sleeping past four o'clock in the morning. Okay. (laughs) And so um, I don't... Some of our people are just going to bed then, so... Well, and I don't suggest that for everybody. (laughs) I don't do it because I choose to. I just just wake up at that time and I know I'm awake. Yeah. Uh, And it could certainly could be later. Sure. Um, But... But starting that... Your day off with with God has been important in your journey. It it really has. Yeah, mine too. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it 
something I learned in this um, Ignatian retreat I was talking about is to at night do something called, we called it the examen, you could call it the examen, but it's um, just responding to a group of questions um, to kind of go through your day and, and to look at where was God active, um, where was I not connected to God in some situations, um, uh, where did I find joy, um, but it's, it's, it's a good habit and it, I guess I can't say I do that one as regular as the morning sure. thing, but um, it, it's really helpful. Yeah. A lot of people here call those steps 10 and 11 um, in the 12-step program. It's very similar, very yep. much, yep. very much so. Um, so we both do what we do because um, we believe that, um, that God cares about mental health, cares about our whole person. Um, but we also believe, I, we certainly do at Lighthouse Church, that, um, that Jesus um, and... Um, and community, the community of Christ can make a difference in people's overall health, including their mental health. Um, can you talk about that at all? Or Sure. You know, <clears throat> something we talked about a week ago, uh, Dale and I, was um, is there any scientific proof that Christian counseling or spiritual counseling is more effective than other? And I, I said, I, I've looked at some studies, but I get, really get confused when I read some of these studies. But <clears throat> I do see that um, a, a new trend, and I've watched lots of counseling trends, secular and spiritual, along the years. And, you know, a new trend among secular counselors is talking about community. And mm. so I was... <laughs> I was thinking about that yesterday and just thinking that usually when I've seen the secular world um, come across something that actually is healing and effective, um, it was already in Christianity years ago, maybe 2,000 years ago. Um, you know, like, you know, if one of the things they tell obsessive-compulsive people is, you know, if you're obsessing, you need to switch gears. You need to do an intervention on your thinking and change your thinking. Hmm. Well, uh, Ephesians 4, um, God is near. Therefore, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be named, made known to God. And the peace hmm. of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds at Christ Jesus. And then it goes on Beautiful. to say... And then think on these things. So Paul was training people to do an intervention on their thinking by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and then focusing on those things that are pure and worthy of praise. And so, yeah. Man, that's excellent, yeah. But another thing about community that I think is um, there are 59 one another's in the New Testament. Mm. To me, that would presuppose that God designed the church for lots of lots of relationship. Yeah. Um, confess your faults to one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. 
Um, on and on it goes. Love one another. Um, so, yeah. One one of the passages I like to talk about in regards to that is um, at the beginning of the Bible when God has created Adam and He looks at Adam, and um, God doesn't really unpack it, but He says it's not good that man be alone. Um, obviously, we've been created for relationship, even relationship that just our relationship with God will not fill that there's something more in, in us that needs each other. The Bible is a book about relationship. Yeah, amen. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. Um, so let's, let's just talk for a couple of minutes here about some nuts and bolts stuff. So um, <clears throat> often when people... So you're going to give me some advice here, okay? Okay. Um, often when people come to me about their mental health um, concerns or issues, um, I start with the basics that we've already talked about. You know, um, you know. Here are some things that you can do to help yourself. You know, are you exercising? You know, could we set some goals for the week? You know, for some exercising or eating, changing some eating habits or uh, regulating your sleep. Some of those basics. Um, and um, I'm I'm wondering how how do I help? And literally, we're, you're helping us understand this. Um, how do I how do I understand when it's time to maybe seek a counselor or time to consider a med if it's depression or, or anxiety that I'm dealing with. And I know you're not a prescriber of meds and uh, sometimes I think, you know, perhaps we start there and we should be starting with some of the maybe the more natural, spiritual kinds of things. But just can you help us think about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, one of the things, you know, that you said you were doing, I think is pretty powerful. Um, not, a people, not a lot of people in this world listen. Hmm. Um, and when you can give your ears to somebody, it's a gift. Yeah. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I'm sure you've read him, said mm -hmm. about listening, he said, I doubt if anybody will really ever listen, hear God if they don't really listen to other people. Hmm. And you can take that in a lot of ways, yeah. but listening is powerful. And hmm. of course, listening to people sometimes can, can uh, help you hear what God might be saying to you. Hmm. So, did I get off, on tra off track hmm. there? Um, I guess, you know, in terms of medications, the way I look at it is, and sometimes you think, Boy, it must be easy to be a psychiatrist. Somebody comes and tells you a problem, all you do is give them a pill. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas counseling might be a little bit more laborious. Um, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily big on medications because um, it's an imperfect science. But when it becomes to either or, either I may commit suicide or get deeper in depression or get more troubled by my anxiety or I could take a medication that might help me and right now other things aren't working for me exercising and all those things aren't and I'm getting worse then that's the time to try some kind of medication yeah I've, I've heard it said um, that that you know situational depression often is perhaps for a few weeks to a month or two but if it goes beyond that it might be time to seek some 
deeper help. Is that, I, I don't know if you have any counsel on that for us? Yeah, you know, if I really suspect somebody's depressed, I give them a depression test. It's not the, uh, the certified Beck depression test. It's just one that I've developed over the years. And if they pretty much answer that test, yes, then I'm thinking this, this is sort of uh, critical and they should probably get help, yeah. medication. Um, you know, just a number of questions that are asked. And I love to do that, that uh, questionnaire because it gathers so much more information and helps people talk. Yeah, Something yeah. that I've noticed is when people come with depression, they haven't been doing anything about it for a long time, and they'll come into the office for their first appointment, and they'll say, you know, I'm already feeling better. Um, <laughs> and it's because they're doing something about it. Yeah. And that makes them feel that's, hopeful. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's very good. So... Um, um, I want to preface this by saying that Lighthouse has a very good relationship with um, kind of the, a ver the variety of counseling services that are available in our community. And um, we, um, you know, we have people sometimes referred to our groups from various places, um, various counselors within our community. But, um, you know, when I, when I was first going through what I was going through, um, I sought out, you know, somebody who was a Christian. And um, I think that, um, I think that there are probably reasons to do so. And I'm wondering if you, you know, I, we, we don't want to do this in a way, because I, I actually went to a counselor for a long time who, um, I don't, not sure if she was a Christian, um, but I went to her for things that I had connected with her and she was very helpful on. But, um, you know, I've recently kind of been able to, you know, reestablish, partly out of Valley Christians reaching out, uh, reestablish some connection with Valley Christian. And I, I'm really excited to kind of introduce our church to um, some of what Valley Christian has to offer and look forward to future opportunities of doing so so why a christian counselor or what you know at least this is your this is your sales opportunity dan <laughs> uh to tell us at least you know why you might want to consider somebody with that spiritual background yeah i would want to preface that by saying <clears throat> there are good counselors in this community and some of them that are at valley are christian counselors mm -hmm. Um, and there's other counselors that are, are good at what they do and they can be helpful. Um, for me, um, as I look at it, um, certainly if you have a faith and a, you carry a Christian world view, um, it seems like it would be kind of hard to go to somebody who's not like-minded and not of like faith. You know, I've often wondered, how can you go very deep without having somebody who's not only spent a lot of time training as a Christian counselor, but they have a faith themselves. They have the Holy Spirit, which mm -hmm. you would have. And 
there's this connectedness that can make you feel more trusting, hopefully. Um, and, uh, you know, they're a fellow traveler. They've probably been where you are. And yeah. they understand that we're all broken, hmm. needing a Savior. Hmm. And they're there with the love of God, hopefully pointing you to Jesus. So um, tell us, Dan, because um, I, I know, you don't have to tell me, tell, tell them uh, what's new at Valley Christian Counseling. And, and uh, I know there's some changes that have gone on. And um, can you share a little bit about that? And um, just to kind of familiarize ourselves and those who might be tuning in a little bit with the ministry there. Okay. Um, well, I semi-retired uh, at the end of this last year, so I'm no longer the, they used to call me the CEO. Wow, impressive. Um, founding director, <laughs> but I'm no longer that. I do some counseling and I do um, some fundraising, and um, uh, so leadership has changed um, I had the opportunity to to get to know the two people that um, eventually took over my job uh, they often say see it took two people to replace you mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, uh, they're just uh, uh, to me they are carrying on the culture that God has developed over the years and uh, so and they've got new ideas, new energy, um, and uh, they're doing some good things. One of the things they're doing is they're trying to address mental health in the church community. Yes. And, uh, they're sending out uh, different counselors with different expertise to maybe teach a group of parents about parenting or uh, addressing some issue, maybe addressing the issue of how do you keep um, media stuff away from your kids and, and, and can you and when do you, how do you, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, it's a marriage seminar. Um, we have a financial counselor on our staff now um, who can help people plan their future but also deal with death that they have right now. <clears throat> yeah. So. So I know that for a big segment of our church, um, costs and insurance and all those things are big issues. But the easiest way to find out if services would be available to people would be to call. Is that, oh, am yes. I correct? Yep, just call yep. and explain your situation. And we do for direct pay kind of counseling, we have a, what we call CAF or Client Assistance Fund. Um, some people are good enough to help us with that, and some mm -hmm. churches are. And um, so if your counseling is $80, it'd be $40. We cut it in half mm -hmm. and tap into that fund. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see us go beyond that, you know, for people that can't maybe afford maybe more than $10. Yeah, but yeah. One of the really difficult things is, is that um, there are so many people coming and sometimes we just, I mean, we're constantly trying to hire new counselors, but sometimes it's uh, 
hard to have enough. And so people call and they might be in crisis and they're told, we can't get to you for a few weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. I hate that. Um, that's it's the reality, yep. When we're really needy, we're needy. Yeah. So um, we're going to have a question answer time uh, so you can get your questions ready in just a moment. But, um, you know, I do, I do want to kind of give you an opportunity to just share a word here um, about uh, to people who might be struggling with their mental health, whether they're here or watching today or in the future. Can you just give us a word of hope and encouragement um, and um, share with us, you know, from your own heart and experience something that might be um, a takeaway that would be beneficial to us today? Hmm. Well, I guess I could say that's how I came into the, the kingdom. I was depressed and suicidal, <clears throat> and I found hope in Jesus, hmm. um, and there is hope. And it hasn't always been an easy path. Um, you know, I think Christians suffer as much as anybody else. Mm. But um, even, even in this year, I've experienced a lot of losses. I lost a close friend who died of cancer. Lost an identity in a sense of no longer being the director of Valley Christian Counseling Center. Um, I lost golf because I had a surgery recently. <laughs> um, just lots of losses, but, you know, God has been there in the midst of it, and that's what I've always found in probably the 40-some years I've been a Christian. Um, there's always hope in, in God. Yeah, thank you. So if anybody has a question, we'll take a few questions right now, um, either live or uh, if you're watching on Facebook, you're welcome to write in a question and we'll read it as well. And I think we have somebody right up front here, Kirk, a um, couple of um, questions. So maybe uh, state your name if you're comfortable doing that and your question, and we'll give Dan a few opportunities to, to share. Hi, Dan. Hi. Uh, you know, You talk about personal health, and when you've got all these programs in place to take care of your personal health, you're exercising and uh, you're doing all your spiritual things that you do, and then something unexpected happens where you start blacking out. Mm. And the first time you black out, you black out in your car, and you total mm. out your car and two others. Mm. And uh, anyway, then whatever you're used to doing for your personal health, you can't do anymore because <laughs> it's not safe. Mm. And uh, anyway, uh, you go through every neurological test in the world, you're just fine. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, you surrender, and you say, well, this is a storm. And anyway, I realize that I need to reset myself again, which I've had to do many times, but it lasted a long time. Mm -hmm. And anyway, uh, you have any words when mm -hmm. you're in these storms and anyway you surrender, you're not coming out of it, and then of course, you know, you start taking a course of action that... <sighs> I'm going to do something. I'm going to start riding bike once the weather's shaped up. And anyway, you know, you 
start focusing on doing what you can and anyway if you crash and burn uh, you know that might be a consequence but you're going to go after it again yeah. thank you thanks I kind of know your your story <clears throat> and um, in some ways I think you could tell us better than I could <laughs> I mean again I you know was saying that I experienced some losses this year and one was our house that got damaged, um, terribly damaged, damaged, and we've been out of it for a year. Um, huh. A neighbor. <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, and it's pretty trying. It 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 may it really pushes you in terms of how do I do I really believe what I've thought I believed and um, where is God now and why doesn't he act and why does this take so long you know I think sometimes we have this idea that God's just gonna pull us out of every scrape we ever get in before long and answer all of our prayers and it just isn't always the case Um, you know there's a book in the Old Testament called Lamentations and Lament is part of the Christian life, and um, you know we don't we don't really this is all tempor- temporary. We don't really look for our ultimate hope here on earth. It's it's in heaven, and I think we all could stand to think more about what our real hope is, um, heaven, and. Um, but I don't have an easy answer because I don't think there are any easy answers. You, you hold on for all you got, and I, I'm thankful for people that have come alongside me in the last year, and just had a word of encouragement or text me and say, "Is there anything I can do for you?" And I think community again comes into it, support. So, thank you, thank you. Can you stand up, Nia? Yeah. Hi, I'm Nia. Oh, that's kind of loud. <laughs> okay, I have a question. So, um, I buried my son May 25th, 2022, this year. And um, I had, um, I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit that came inside of me because it's a feeling I've never felt before and um, I've always believed in God but um, when my son died I really had to surrender and now um, I see a therapist um, on Wednesdays and well I shouldn't even tell what day I see him. I see I see a couple of therapy and a couple a couple of therapists and I do um trauma work um like three times a day, three times and I go to meetings and um I can't really explain to my therapist about the Holy Spirit and how it makes me feel sometimes because um I get scared of it um and um and then when it when it overtakes me and it it's the weirdest thing ever and i'm like when am i am i just gonna go crazy one day you know or lose it because um i don't know where i'm getting all this strength and this energy and this (laughs) 
and to keep moving on is a part of the grief but spiritually i know it's the holy spirit and how do i i've tried to take care of every other aspect of my life emotionally but there's no teaching on how to control or uh, or or um manage the holy spirit yeah Yeah, i don't know if we could ever have manage the holy spirit but um one of the fruits of the holy spirit is self-control and so um you know there should be some ways to control that um you know i i've often thought that you know i'll have somebody come to me and say you know i've never I've been a Christian for 10 years and I've never really seen a prayer answered or uh, God working in my life. Mm -hmm. And I often think, you know, I don't think they know what to look for. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a terrible analogy to this. (laughs) I don't know whether to say it here in a church or not, but... um, Obviously, you haven't been in the lighthouse before, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was in, when I was like 17, heavily into Bob Dylan, and a friend turned me on, I I had drank beer before, but a friend turned me on to some marijuana, and um, after a bit he said, "Uh, are you stoned yet? I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know. But I basically didn't know what to look for. What would be, what would be some things that happen when you smoke marijuana? Um, I'm not pushing the idea here, but um, but I think you know I sort of thought about the spiritual life that way. You know, you have to really kind of listen and pay attention. You know, that's why maybe journaling might help. But uh, uh, and, and maybe talking to a pastor who's got some biblical guidelines on, you know, what would the Holy Spirit, how would he act in your life? And um, so, I don't know if that helps. Yeah. You know, and again, if you went to, you know, you're, you're not going to a Christian therapist, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think a lot of people would think we're crazy, you know, to listen to the Holy Spirit and and want to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, you know, they might think we're crazy, but, um, you know, I think there's help for you and, you know, I'll refer you to Pastor Dale. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I mean, in many, can I just add that, I mean, you're doing a lot of good stuff. And you're in church every week. And, you know, you're trying to pursue um, your faith at the same time doing some of the intense therapy. So you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, yeah. Um, Thank you, Nia. You know, I remember as a young believer sometimes almost getting full of anxiety just because I felt the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. kind of surging through my being and wasn't sure what to do with that so i don't think that's totally out of line for you to experience you're not crazy no we're not saying you're not crazy no (laughs) (laughs) 
Is there another question? I think we'll have one more question here and you have one in the back and then we will wrap up and I'll, I'll tell you that I, I did ask Dan if he could stay for a few minutes afterwards if anybody wants to um, come and, and visit with him briefly. Is that okay? It sure is. Okay. Hi, my name's Louisa and one thing uh, in 12-step program, they talk about like uh, getting outside of yourself and helping someone else out mm -hmm. when you're like um, not doing well. My question would be like, how do you balance servanthood with self-care? Hmm. Good question, Louisa. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, when I first met uh, Dale, he hadn't done that. No. <laughs> um, Don't do what I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and sometimes you know that could tie into the whole idea of codependency. And and sometimes as Christians, we think we're just never serving enough. We're not doing enough. And again, uh, I don't like to see people on this performance thing for God, um, trying to measure up. Um, but I think there's, on the other hand, Christianity is an others-oriented life. And um, so there is caring for other people. But I just heard a story today of a mother who was feeling guilty, came to a pastor and said she was really feeling guilty because she wanted to work with, um, at a soup kitchen and help homeless people, but she couldn't find a babysitter for her children. I don't know if that sounds kind of weird to you, but, you know, the pastor told her, you know what, I think you're doing enough just being a good mother. Mm. And, and maybe you don't have to be doing that kind of ministry right now. Um, mm. But sometimes we just feel like, I'm not doing enough, I'm not yeah. doing enough. And, you know, the statement I said earlier, God loves you as you are, not as you should be. Mm. Mm. Very good. Was there one more question in the back? Do you have the microphone, Jacob? I do. All right. Uh, question from Facebook uh, regarding Valley Christian Counseling. Do they accept Medicaid and Medicare? Yeah, that's a great question. I was going to mention that. So go ahead. Yeah, I hmm. think you brought that up to me. And, you know, things are changing so fast at Valley, and I'm no longer the leader. I'm not sure how many counselors we have that take um, Medicare or Medicaid. I, I think we have a couple, but um, if somebody was wondering, they can call Valley Christian Counseling Center at 232 6224 and ask the front desk, you know, do you have counselors that can cover me for that? And a lot of times people, if they call in and they have insurance, our receptionists will check it out and tell them how, how much they're covered for and so forth. Yeah. yeah, I can say that we do have Lighthouse people on Medicaid who have gone to Valley Christian. And so you should check it out. And I've, I've actually challenged Valley Christian that that's, um, you know, a big segment of uh, the community that we work with here and so um, that whole world is changing so dramatically um, can I thank you for what um, you've done with us today but just what you've done for our community and for people uh, in our community and um, you have been um, you know a pastor 
a counselor, and um, a friend to so many. And so thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you.